welcome back once again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, ghouls and ghosts, <laughs> to uh, wow. another episode here in Oktoberfest. All the accolades. Uh, yeah, and welcome back to the Project Gen X podcast, since I forgot to say that up front. It's been a long day already. <laughs> I'm your host, Alan Smith, along with... I'm the other guy, Big Dave. And uh, we've got a, a little bit of a different episode this time, uh, and I say that because you know, usually... You know, our, our Oktoberfest episodes generally tend to be, you know, horror, Halloween related. You know, we have done some that have been fall related just in general. Yeah, just in general. This one, it's a little different. Um, we're actually going to be talking about the um, the short-lived television show Millennium that was on uh, Fox. Um, simply, a lot of it has to do with the fact that... Uh, um, this uh, as at the day that this is dropping, which is uh, October 25th, is the uh, 25th anniversary of the premiere. Oh, really? Of, yes. And uh, um, I have I watched it when it was on the air. Okay, See, for those of you who don't know, let me get a little bit of a rundown here. Millennium was the second. It was almost a spinoff. Well, the X Files. Here, okay, kind it's of a, because he he shows up in the X Files. We'll we'll get into that. Uh, uh, Chris Carter, who created the X Files, um, with the X Files being as big as it was by season four, is basically what yeah. what what this came down to, and um, they um, actually going into season four, I should say, they basically said, "Hey, do you have an idea for something else?" And he was like, "Yeah, I have this other show that I, that I would like to do." Um, and it's based around a character named Frank Black, who's played by Lance Henriksen. And uh, he is a, an ex-FBI profiler who has moved back home to Seattle with his family to start a new life. And he... We're going to talk about the pilot here in a minute, but I'm just kind of giving a little bit of a rundown for those of you who don't know. Sure. Uh, so sure. Frank uh, Frank Black <clears throat> joined this, this group, called, it was called the Millennium Group, that... Um, was based on a real <clears throat> sorry I'm, no my sinuses are killing me today. <laughs> believe me my sinuses have been killing me forever now hold on just a second um and it, it was ba- the millennium group was based on a real uh group of people that were all like ex-fbi and law enforcement it's kind of a think tank type of uh, thing wasn't yeah it? but they're called that they're they're actually well known um Oh, quiet. What were they called? Of course, I didn't go. Anyways, the, the thing is, is like they were so, I mean, we had a very famous murder here in Nashville, Janet March, uh, that went yeah. on for a long time. And that group actually came to town after several years. And got involved. And got involved with it. You know, because like I said, they were all ex, ex um, um, you know, law enforcement that had specialties and all this stuff, you know, and they would come in and, and, and you know, consult on different and all around the country, you know, and they're still going now. Of course, I can't remember the name of them right off the top. You remember it the second we stopped exactly, recording. you know, that's and, the way uh, it always goes, though. Um, uh, so Frank Black moves back to uh, to Seattle with his family because he just kind of got things got too dark working in Washington, D.C., you know, with the FBI. He was a... Don't be so dark. Yeah, that's that's a whole other thing. <laughs> uh, that's a different episode. We'll get to it. Um, Millennium, though, Dave, you said you had never actually this seen this This was one show. of those television shows that I always meant to go back and watch. 
and then it's not on any streaming services i had trouble finding copies of it anywhere for to purchase to where i could watch it and it just kind of slipped off my radar so you actually wanting to do this episode and letting me watch some of the show um is actually a good thing for me because it puts it back on my radar and Hopefully, I'll be able to find a copy of it, you know, either Great Escape or McKay's or yeah, somewhere like that. Yeah, I, uh, I have the complete series. It's all th- There's only three seasons of it. Um, they, they, they did like everything else on DVD where they released the seasons, like one, two, and three, whatever. Yeah. And I had them, you know, when they first came out and, and stuff. And I'd gotten rid of them over the years for different reasons. And I... Um, a couple of years ago, I was at The Great Escape over here. And I was looking through, and sure enough, they had the full... I, I had actually picked up, they had, a, like, the first season of it, you know, on DVD. I was like, ah, I'm going to get this, and I walked up to pay for it. And sure enough, behind the counter, they had the full season, or the full oh, series. Nice, nice. And uh, I was like, okay, this is... Uh, uh, this is this is pretty cool. Uh, and so I picked it up, and, and I've watched bits and pieces of it, Um Kind of like what we did today, and uh, I'm sorry, I'm still, I'm trying, I'm stalling here a little bit because I'm trying to find out the name of that group, um, because it's like I said, it's a really interesting group of, of people. That um, hold on, just one second. Do a do a search for ex law enforcement helping yeah. with Janet March or something like that. All right, so the the real life inspiration uh, is called the Academy Group. Okay. Um, and it's, it consists of retired law enforcement agencies working as a private investigative firm. Uh, it says here that Chris Carter had come to know members of the Academy Group through contacts that he had made with the Federal Bureau of Investigation while researching his earlier television series, The X-Files. It says the Academy Group focused on offender profiling, which shaped the main Millennium Group characters of Frank Black and Peter Watts, which is played by Terry O'Quinn. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I knew, I knew that uh it was something the academy like i said the academy group has worked on several high profile things you know and and they're not like uh put themselves out there it's kind of one of those things you'll hear about oh yeah the academy group's coming in and then you never see anybody you know it's kind of one of those things when they come in is whenever law enforcement's kind of reached an end like we can't we, we, can't, go any we further. can't go any further. So. We got to call in a specialist, yeah. and we were calling in outside people, exactly. other than the federal law enforcement. Exactly. So uh, now, now that we've kind of uh, awkwardly gotten through all of that, let's talk about. <laughs> we, we watched three episodes over the first two seasons. Ooh, I was telling Dave, we watched there's the pilot. There's three. There's three seasons of this of this show. the The first two seasons are really, really good, like stellar television. Yeah. Uh, the third, the second season ended. Like it could have been the end, like uh, maybe like it, it should have been. Potentially, yeah. The third season, I think they were kind of on the cusp, and and they they were brought back, and they were like, okay, cool. And then they did this third season, and they yeah. kind of took it back to they left Seattle. I don't want to go. Well, I mean, basically what happens? Spoiler alert! There's a spoiler whole lot of spoilers. Alert. Basically, what right. happens is that Frank's wife. There's a. <laughs> There's a psycho is, after his wife? No, that was in the first season. The second season ends, she winds up dying. But she dies because, you're going to love this. The, what they find out towards the end of the second season is that there is a worldwide epidemic, that uh, the, this, the, this disease yeah. that's getting ready to like spread worldwide. And the people, the high people in high power know about it and are actually letting it go 
and but they're inoculating the people that they want to keep around. And so since Frank Black is involved with the Millennium Group, he would he had already been inoculated unknowingly. Oh, okay. And so him and his wife and their their daughter Jordan are all back at their house, kind of like whatever. And Jordan's asleep, and he tells he's like he's telling her what he knows about all of it. Yeah, yeah. And he says, and she and he's and she says something about you know. So you've been inoculated, and he goes, "They got me. They got me. Um, another like one up, one other dose." Like that's that's all I could get. It's like I've already been knocked out. Only have one other dose, and so she says, "We'll give it to Jordan," you know. Yeah. And so they all fall asleep there, and in the middle of the night, she wakes up and start is starting to have symptoms of mm. all of it, and she gets she leaves. And that that sounds kind of eerie. Well, the thing is, is that they wrote themselves into that. Yeah. And then they got picked up for the next season. And so they retconned a little bit that it was supposed to be a worldwide pandemic. It epidemic. didn't happen. It only happened in the Northeast. Like it, it, it got controlled. Like they controlled it to, oh, you know. Okay. And so that's how they got them out of Seattle back to DC, and the whole world's not destroyed. But it did seem like, oh shit, this is <laughs> right, really. And the thing with this show is, this was a dark show. Oh yeah. I mean, from well, the very beginning. I mean, so, we get the pilot, and within yes. the first seven minutes of the pilot we've got rob zombie no white zombie we got white White zombie Zombie ministry nine inch nails portis head yes and another nine inch nails song yeah it's very of its time actually it's the same song twice are you sure about that it's piggy it's yeah um because he's watching the video from inside the yes no yes it's the same song um Uh, I'm, i'm gonna I believe me. It We're going to go back I, and watch. I started, I started to say that same thing. I was like, "Oh, they said a second one." I was like, "No, no, this is actually the same song that they they were playing earlier. It's just a different part of it." Um, but it's the, but it's the song "Piggy" from the Downward Spiral. Okay. Um, but it's not. It's not just that. It's set in Seattle. So of course, it's raining. Uh, it opens up a woman going into work, and you find out that her work is at a peep show. You know, a strip club. Yeah. And there's they they keep talking about this the Frenchman that they they keep calling is this guy that keeps like holding up these cue cards at the windows that have like French poetry written on them. Yeah. And so it's kind of one of those things. And then and then one of the one woman who's leaving, he there's like, hey, he he asked for you two hundred bucks for ten minutes. Yeah. And so she goes in there and he's quoting like all this. The scripture and stuff. Well, it, it's poetry it's, and, and scripture. It's, it's a combination of several together. different things. So it is. Um, and then, of course, you know, he kills her. Yeah, and, and we find out because whenever whenever Frank, whenever Frank gets in back, do they show him and the family coming into town, and uh, he sees a newspaper, yeah, that, and sees this, and of course he. Immediately like, starts. I recognize this MO. Yeah, and so he goes to the police station, and of course he they were originally from Seattle, and they had moved away to DC for ten years, and then they were coming. They had just come back, so it was one of those things that he knew the police chief, and you know he walked in, and he's basically given his, yeah, you know, um, the the pilot episode doesn't give you a whole lot about the Millennium Group. Like it, it basically introduces you introduces you to um, it's all character introduction and it does it does give you an introduction to the group. Yes, it mentions the group it and it lets you know group, that and then, he and then is we are attached inter- to something. Yeah, and then we are introduced to uh, Peter Watts, 
uh, which is Terry O'Quinn, you know, yeah. uh, and I mean, literally he's in one scene, you know, and it's just kind of him like, Hey, I, I know you're working on this thing and you know, our, our, all of our resources are open to you, you know, it's like, we agree with your assessment. Here's, here's the resources. Exactly. You need. And that's in the, in the, the first season, especially they kind of hinted that there was maybe something a little more sinister going on with the group, but they were more altruistic than sinister you know but they were still kind of like there might something be going on here but they really played in the first season a lot with that they were what they were you know they they had this information and they were a little cagey about where they had it where they got it from sometimes but they were all ex-law enforcement so you kind of thought well you know they were pulling from their sources you know and that kind of stuff as time went on you started you know frank black started really kind of like Hey, what's uh, Some, something's, something's not, not right, right here? here. Yeah. And, and they came to they became they came to odds, and especially towards the end of the second season when all this other stuff started coming out, he quit the group, and you know, and just all yeah. kinds of stuff. Um, and um, and, and so, anyways, in his first season, he goes through, and you find, and you you start finding out that this guy has been is you know, he's. He's confused about his sexuality, basically, is what it well, comes down hold to. Hold on, hold on. Mm. Not Frank Black. Not Frank Black. No, no, the, the killer in this. Yeah, not Frank, the, no, Frank the, the killer in the first episode is very confused. Oh, also, we also, and they established it in the first, the very, very well, and you even said something about it in the first episode, where Frank goes to the morgue, and he, like, basically tells, before they, that he tells him not even to open the, the body bag, and he yeah. tells him everything that that wasn't in the paper about the body. Yeah. And they're like, how do you know this? And he's like, well, I, I put my, my, he's like, I, I think like a serial yeah, killer. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm able to put myself in that place. Exactly. And, you know, actually assess him from the throughout, inside out. Throughout the but series. But I said, I was like, so he's got a touch of well, psychic ability. Throughout the series, they kind of play with that. He might, it might be something a little more supernatural than just yeah. his, you know, his profiler ability and stuff. And it's also that you notice that in the second episode that we watched where Jordan says something about, Oh, there's ghosts in the house or something like that. Yeah. They start over time kind of getting to this hole that Jordan might have the same sense that yeah. he does of being able to, to it's like, you Oh, know, they set it up for yeah. a, a spinoff series, which, which with is his daughter funny, later on, which down is the road. funny. They they did and they didn't uh, because like there's a there's a there's a documentary that, that came out a couple of years ago called Millennium After the Millennium and they sat down with pretty much everybody about the only person that they didn't talk to was Terry O'Quinn like okay. he, it, yeah. all right, it, that was pretty much the only major character they didn't or, or you know actor that they didn't have sit down but they towards the end of it they're like hey because the thing is is that is that Chris Carter many years ago had expressed interest in making millennium movies like they'd be with the x-files yeah, movies yeah. and stuff and uh it just i mean literally that was like 12 years ago whenever it was kind of announced yeah, and it never really happen, happened no. but one of the questions that they was asked at the end with all the different people of like you know what would millennium look like today you know yeah. and uh that was one of the scenarios they were like you know, hey, what if? Uh, and it was, and it was uh, what Lance Hendrickson. He was like, he was like, I would love to see a series where it's Jordan Black and yeah. Frank is helping her. You know, Look, as actually a, training her, right? You know, showing her how to use. She's the an adult. Skills. She's an adult now and working for the FBI, and and Frank is like higher helping, up, is higher, yeah. well, not just helping her out. You know, is you know type stuff. I was like, yeah, that might be an interesting. They could do that. I you would know? totally watch that. I would because too. That, I, when I saw that there may be, you know, she may have the same abilities, I was like, 
Mm-hmm. It's 25 years. Mm-hmm. It's time to bring mm-hmm. this back and do right. Do and that's the uh, you know one of the things we we talk about and all the stuff that we've talked about the show so far. You know we're getting into it talking about like especially with this pilot episode. Yeah. This pilot episode is dark. I mean, like oh yeah, dark. Like this was on Fox. It took in season four the X Files moved from Friday night to Sunday nights. Everybody forgets that the X Files started on Friday night. Like yeah. it made its it, it you know it it made itself on Friday nights, and so Fox moved Millennium into that spot. No. No, no, they, no, 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 no. I remember wanting Season to watch it. Four, it was no. something about it that I couldn't watch. No, no, no. I remember what it was. X Files was on at seven for that first season, yeah. and Millennium was on at eight. Like they, it followed each other. Yeah, that's what it was. And then it was the next year that the X Files moved to Sunday night. If I'm not mistaken, I could. I don't. Know, I, I think that's right. I, I think that, that that first season Millennium followed X Files. You know, type thing. That, it was on a Friday night. That sounds correct, and that would be why I wouldn't be able to watch yeah. it most times because I would have to be at the football game. Yeah, I was. Well, this was in '96, so I was in college when this when oh, that show well, came on. Yeah, I so, guess it would be college. Uh, yeah. But it was one of those things. I used to just because it's Friday night. I used to just set the VCR and record X Files on Friday nights. You know, and, yeah. and so I just set it to record for two hours instead of an hour or whatever. I think, or maybe the X Files did move. Maybe I think no. Actually, you know what? Now because I did rewatch, I did watch that documentary, and they said that the X Files moved to, to Sunday, and that Millennium took over that time slot. So yeah, so that so it was coming on at like seven o'clock Central Time, our time would be eight o'clock on the East Coast on a Friday night in prime time at a time when Friday nights weren't quite the death spot yet. Like they weren't. They weren't yeah, really huge. But most of America was out doing something. Most on of America nights. was watching TGI Friday on well, or TGIF on on channel on um, ABC instead of. You're not wrong. You know, so I mean, you got to think about the time frame. You know, yeah. And so, but this is a really dark show. I mean, really dark show. I mean, a lot of dark imagery. There's a lot of blood, gruesome topics. You know, I mean, it's just. Yeah, they didn't really back away from the no. Gore. And like I said, you know, the, the first five minutes of the show opens up in a strip club, where, and, the, where the walls start bleeding yeah, in the killer's and mind. I know, and yeah. it's just it, it's 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 really gruesome to think twenty five years ago. This is in the mid nineties. They were showing this. Well, the nineties weren't exactly a bright and happy. No, they weren't. And that's, I think that that show kind of like the X Files could only happen in the 90s. You know, especially it was one of those things that you know uh, you're moving to the new to the new millennium, you know, towards yeah. you know. And I don't know, you could probably pick those shows back up right now. I don't know. You know, they tried, you know, they they did the X Files reboot. You know, or, uh, no, I know I watched every and I episode. Liked it, but you know what well, so I've heard other people say this and I have to agree with it because I remember watching it at the time and thinking the same thing of like can we really have shows like the x-files now because you know all the you know the in the 90s whenever you said hey the truth is out there the government's hiding something from us and people are like eh, yeah, maybe now you say hey the government's hiding something from us and people are like uh yeah yeah no doubt <laughs> hey conspiracy theories you know th- these conspiracy theories might be might not be theories uh yeah we've already seen this stuff happen you know hey hey there's ufos yeah the government said there was last year you know i mean it's yeah. like <laughs> okay yeah no i, I can't now, i can't argue with that yeah, point, now this actually. one you know millennium we find out over the course of 
a couple, you know, the, the seasons that the Millennium Group is really looking to the Millennium as this new coming age that they're trying to gain some control through, yeah. you know, type stuff. Oh, it's totally a great reset. Yeah. <laughs> And there you go. <laughs> and this was 25 years ago when they were talking about it. Uh, so, so it's one of those things that you, know, you get through like this that first that, that first episode, and it's it's really dark, and you know, and and I mean, it's just it's dark. And like I said, the, the killer you find out is, you know, spoiler actually is the, the pathologist at the police for the police station. The police you know, station so it's and one of those the things. Lab, yeah. yeah, so it makes perfect sense. It's like, oh, this is how he's getting away with all this stuff and you know how he's getting his blood samples and, and all this kind it's of stuff. Almost always an inside job. Almost always. At least on television. So. <laughs> I would say probably more than just television. So. so we watched that one and then we watched um the episode The Curse of Frank Frank Black, which is a Halloween episode from season two. And it's kind of a mix of a ghost story and a crossroads very deal. Much, very much story. It um, and like I said, I had to kind of fill Dave in a little bit of what I I didn't realize how much of the mythology was actually involved in that episode. I remember <laughs> watching it and then I was like, oh yeah, if you don't know these these little details about how the season ended, because I'm asking is, questions yeah, all the way through the episode. Basically, what has happened by this point, Frank and. Um, his wife. What's his wife's name? I don't know. I haven't uh, watched the show. <laughs> no, they said her name like Catherine. Okay. Uh, Frank and Catherine have split. They've separated uh, because a killer did come to their house, and Frank wound up killing them in the base, killing him in the basement to save his family. Sure. And you know, it's kind of one of those things where there's this growing tension between them because. She's not going to live in the house. Well, it's not. No, he, it's not even that. It's the whole Millennium Group and, oh, and really? his his you know the whole thing is they came to Seattle to get away from all this stuff and and oh, he got drugged right back in. One of the things we didn't talk about in the pilot episode and it's something that stuck with me for twenty five years. Okay. okay, you know his his buddy, the police chief, you know stops him at one point and is like, "Yeah, what was it that brought you back to Seattle?" And he, he starts, says he says something about um, he starts talking about this, another time. Well, yeah, but then they, he tells him later, uh, and he you know it's when he stops him in the garage in the parking garage after he's he's profiled all this, and they're like, yeah. oh, but we found here that this other thing you're telling us not to, you know, and he's and he stops him in the garage, he's leaving, and he's like, what was it that brought you back? And he said, he tells this story about there was this killer that this the serial killer they called him, but what would happen is that he would go into a neighborhood just at random it was yeah. outside minneapolis i think it was he would go into a, a a neighborhood at random and he would just go up and start trying to open doors and if a door was unlocked he took that as a sign that he should go in and kill anybody that was home yeah and uh you know they called him they put him away and that kind of stuff and then you know one of, the, one of his his mo was that he would take polaroids of the people you know and that kind of stuff and so they put him away so he was doing three life three life sentences and then all of a sudden one day he gets something in the mail that um, it's unmarked, doesn't have a return address on it or any of that kind and of stuff. And it's Polaroids. It's Polaroids of his wife and kid, like his wife at the grocery store here in different places and stuff like that. And so they left, you know. But that story about the guy that just kind of at random would just kind of go through. I have always kind of been one of those people that like when I'm home, I lock, I have my doors locked. I just always have, you know. Yeah. But I remember, like, even especially after seeing that, 
25 years ago. It was like, yeah. every time I come in, I'm like, no, door's locked. <laughs> this is, and I know it's a fictional thing, but still, that that, um, that sat with me, you know. it's. A, I'm the same way at my yeah. house. Now, trying to convince my wife of that is... I'm still having. I'm. I'm, I'm probably going to get in trouble for mentioning this. I was getting ready to say, are we doing I'm, marriage therapy? Yeah, here? we're <laughs> we're, we're going to get in trouble here because I will wake up in the morning and I'll walk out to get in the car and mm. find her keys just in the lock outside oh, the house, and I'm like, yeah. "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, and this has been this has been. Now happening. you live in a completely different place than I do, <laughs> so it's <laughs> yeah. But, I, but we're I also three wondered, minutes off the interstate, know, and know, our county has a heroin I problem. Yeah, I was getting ready to say, I know you guys have a little different problem than we do here, but yeah. Uh, uh, but it's uh, <laughs> Lola. Won't you? Well, I'm dog sitting this weekend, and, and and Dave's made a new friend. He's made I've two made, new friends. I've made actually. a bunch of new friends yeah, actually so. because all the dogs have yeah know, been bothering me. <laughs> so They're like, ooh, somebody new to rub on. So by this point, we've gotten to like so we're in the second season. I think we're about five episodes in at this point. The, this episode actually aired on new on uh, Halloween. Halloween. Okay. Um, of of nineteen ninety seven. Uh, which is always fun to think about the dates on that kind of, you know, this kind of yeah. stuff. You know, the the first episode aired on October 25th, 1996. And then you fast forward a year and a couple of days and you're on Halloween episode. And so Frank is living by himself now. And he... An obvious Halloween lover. Because he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's by himself. He's, he's, he's carving carved, a pumpkin. Carved you know, a pumpkin. Kind of he's got candy yeah. ready to go. And, and he's getting ready to go pick Jordan up to take her trick-or-treating. Yep. And there's these kids that were that are out. And, he, and he's like, oh, wait a second. He goes football back jerseys. in. Football jerseys. Yeah. Well, one of them's wearing his football jersey. And, or is dressed up like a football player. One's dressed up like a hockey player. Oh, you're right. You're right. And they turn around and walk off before he gives them candy. And then he looks across the street and he sees... The devil. The, yeah. I mean, like... You know, horns and red, you know, all red, Full on red wings. Horns, and it's one of those things he looks and sees him. And he's leaning on a garden wall, just kind of smiling at him and tapping his fingers. And he, and he sees him, and then he hears some other kids or something, and he looks back, and he's gone. Yeah. And we get this image several times throughout this. Of it. It's very well, vague, you know, like In fact, out one there. of them, it's the devil in the window of the house that Jordan that's at goes. the end of it. No. Oh, that's right. When she's trick or treating. That's right. He sees him in the. He sees him in that window, and then Jordan goes, "I don't want to go to that house. There's ghosts in that yes, house." Yes, that's right. That's right. And uh, but he keeps seeing this number, which is two six eight. That keeps popping yeah. up everywhere. Two six eight. Two six eight. And so after he drops Jordan back off with her mom, he's driving back home, and he his, goes by the old house. Well, no, he's driving. Oh yeah, and his that's CD right. player won't work. It keeps kicking the CD back, which is. Of its time, most definitely, keeps kicking the CD <laughs> back out, and then he tries. He, he can't pick up anything on the on the uh, the radio. Well, he and first he's off scanning. He's, he's, first off, he's scanning on AM radio. Yes. Who in the nineties is listening to AM radio except those of us here in Nashville because we have AM six fifty where the Grand Ole Opry yeah, is. But also, you're probably going to get like coast to coast AM or something like oh, yeah. that on well, <laughs> in the nineties. Yeah. You know, definitely you know get that kind of stuff. Get some That's Art true. Bell going. But you know? he he's scanning the Which is AM funny. band. Art Bell shows up in the third season. Does he really? As a, as a radio, like one of those conspiracy radio hosts. That, nice. Yeah, yeah. That's a nice touch, actually. Um, so it it hits station. Yeah, it hits it, it, it hits the station like. And it starts playing a certain song. Yeah, and I forget what the name of the song. Oh, it, it, it's a, it's a. Uh, what's the guy's name? Um, I put a spell on you. Uh, Screaming Jay Hawk. Screaming Hawk- Jay Hawk. Which is funny because you remember the episode Humbug that we watched, the yes. X Files. 
again, Screaming Jay Hawkins. Yeah. So apparently, Chris Carter really likes Screaming Jay Hawkins quite a bit. Well, how can you not? Oh, I know. I know. His stuff is so good, too. Um, So. And his odometer rolls over to 200,000. Oh, no. It's 260,000. Zero zero zero, yeah. and then the little like the 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 tenth of a mile rolls to eight, and then the car stops. Yeah, and just completely loses power. And so he tries to he picks up his phone, and his phone, his cell phone, it's a nine, great ninety cell phone, is it doesn't work. Yep. And so he gets out and starts walking. No and signal, and then the battery dies. Now I think I'm almost positive. I'm gonna have to look and see. I, I'm gonna have to check it. Did you, all right? You notice he 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 sees this giant guy in a suit walking. Yeah. Do you know what that was? Um, it was Mantis. The TV show Mantis, which was actually on Fox at the same time. Oh, really? Yeah. So <laughs> no, I did not catch that. <laughs> yeah, that that's I'm a good catch. Positive that's what it was. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah. Because it's one of those things he says something to him, and he just walks off, you know. And then he, he hears some kids. He turns around. The kids are throwing eggs. and he turns At come, his old house. And he comes to find out he's at his old house, yeah. And, there's of course, there's nobody there because, you know, they moved out. because The house the, is supposed to be empty. Yeah. And so uh, he goes inside and looks around finds a flashlight finds a flashlight finds some batteries and he goes in and he and he he's having flashbacks to when he was a kid yeah. he's thinking about this halloween when he was a kid when him and his friends went to a house and it was supposed to you know and they basically dared him to go up and because and they, the they, everybody in the neighborhood thought this guy was crazy mm-hmm. but he was a world war ii vet right and so he brings Frank in, and he's like, "Hey, yeah, I'll look around, find you a trick or a treat, but you got to do a trick for me first. And he starts telling this whole story about, "Hey, you know, it's on Halloween night, you're, you know, the he, he starts talking about the actual history of right. Halloween and, and the, the, the Druid background right. and how, you know, the dead walk and right. And he's and he wants to talk to his old his buddies that died yeah, in the yeah, war, his war buddies, and, and he's like, "What about it, kid? And the, and Can Frank, the dead come back?" And Frank says, "There's no such thing as ghosts." So he gives him a cigarette. He gives him a cigarette. That's his trick. His Send, treat that he gets. You sends know? him on his way. And so, um, they there's another flashback that's years later. They're probably they're teenagers. Teenagers, yeah. probably junior, senior, yeah. in high school. Type and they're thing. sitting outside the house, the same house. And they they're bringing this guy out. And yeah, he shot uh, himself. Yeah, he he killed himself. And and Frank is telling them what happened without actually being there. That's They're when, all making speculations about, oh, he buried all these girls. Right. They come in to finally get him. Right. And, and Frank's like, no, oh, there's, no, like, he, he, he killed himself. No, he this killed is, himself. Yeah. So and you get a glimpse of how did he know that? Right. He, he's already. Is that is that psychic or yeah. is that that profiler mind yeah, again? A, Which one is it? A little bit of both, honestly. Uh, especially the way the show played out with some some of the episodes being he's very supernatural. Very, and, very uh, intuitive. Yeah. Type. And so they, uh, it goes on. He goes in the basement, and there's these kids that are in there. There's all these teenagers, and this one, this they're one, down there smoking, uh, they're drinking, drinking. They're, they've all got telling ghost alcohol. stories. And this one kid's telling a story of the curse of Frank Black about how you know this. He's telling about this the guy that killed that was that Frank killed down there, yeah. you know. And it's, it's kind of cool because he's going through. He's telling. He's like, "Oh, it was a ghost. And, you know, there's nobody here." And he, blah, he's blah, like, blah, blah, and blah. "You'll never see, see Frank, Frank Black, Black again." again. <laughs> and then Frank Black, who's standing over in the shadows, turns his flashlight on and goes, "Unless you look over here, exactly, and it freaks them all out." And he's like, "Leave the suds." <laughs> and then, like, they all run upstairs. You know, it's like it's a pretty good. You know, like all right, you know, yeah. Um, and of course he's sitting there, and of course he's looking at where it all happened. You know, yeah. And um, 
he leaves and he goes home. Well, he he does he something. Back to he does own. something interesting. Oh yeah, he goes. He's back. sitting on the stairs downstairs, and he he thinks he's hearing stuff, and he mm-hmm. thinks he's seeing stuff, and he says something to the fact of, "Now's your chance, mom. If you're here, let me know." Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which there's got to be a story there, I there that is. I haven't. I think I can't remember. But anyway, so he goes outside and he picks up the eggs. Yeah, and throws, and them, he at throws the them at the house. And then he walks back to his new place. Yeah. And when he gets there, the pumpkin that he had lit earlier that he blew out the candle. That the on. candle blew out on him. He didn't blow it out. It blew out on its own. And he didn't have any more. He didn't have any more. Uh, oh. Um, matches, but it was one of those like the big tall. Anyways, it was like it, it, it two inches around, three three right. inches around, and it had like, reignited. Yeah, earlier as he, he just, was leaving, he didn't see it, you know. So he comes back and it's burnt down to almost nothing. And the wax is actually poured yeah. out of the pumpkin teeth onto right. the table where it looks like it got punched in the mouth and bled. Right. And so at this point is when Frank starts. He goes over and blows it out. And he picks up the you know he starts looking around and he starts putting together this two eight six thing. Yeah. And, oh, oh, and one, also one thing the, oh, that yeah. we mentioned when he was in his old house, mm-hmm. when he came back upstairs, there was a Bible laying on the floor, laying open, mm-hmm. and it was laying open to Acts. Right. And then there was, you, you start seeing Acts, A C T S, all over the all place. place. Like, like when he's walking up to his new place, the alarm system. It's like A C T A Z or A C T. Yeah, but it's A, but it's A C T S. Yeah. And then all of his mail is like addressed from different things that like the first it, it, it basically if you look at the if you look at the letters of all of or if you look at the yeah. uh, first letter of, of every word from the spell um, it out spells that axe and then he starts seeing that he sees the 286 and he starts putting together oh yeah those, and then those the tv jersey, those and then derby those ter- those those uh yeah and the tv comes on tv and comes it's, on uh, and it's screaming jay hawkins yeah. doing this song uh, about the devil. Oh yeah, no, and his CD player is playing the song. That's what it was. Oh yeah, that's and then he right. goes over and he keeps trying to turn it off and it won't go off. And he finally takes the batteries out and he opens up and there's not a CD in there. And then you know, and it, yeah, and the the, the TV is keeps flipping back, flip, turning on to this, showing on like an animated old, like, devil, or it was a um, or it was stop a, it animation, was a, stop, it was a claymation yeah. devil. I kind of like to know what that was. It looked pretty cool. It's yeah, a, I agree. I'm sure I can find it. Um, but the uh, he goes over, picks up the Bible, and goes to Acts uh, twenty-eight six, and you know, and read. And did you? I'm sorry, I can't pull that off the top of my head, and I didn't read it when it, it was like. Who are you to question the fact that God can raise the dead? Yeah, that's what it was, that's or, right. or something. Like a, or paraphrasing. Yeah. And so I think he heard something or whatever. He goes upstairs, or he goes and he he winds up going up into the attic. Well, the he, he goes upstairs and he keeps hearing this noise and he realizes it's above him. He pulls right. everything out of this closet. Right. Realizes that's where the attic access is. Right. And he crawls up into the attic. And then he sees the guy from Halloween past. Yeah, the guy who gave him the cigarette. Right. And basically he's telling, he's talking to Frank and he's telling him. He goes, you've become me. Right. You're right on the edge of being where I was when I killed myself. Exactly. And all this other stuff. And the guy is basically an emissary from the devil mm-hmm. offering Frank a deal. For him to just walk away. Yep. Just walk away and leave it alone. That's all you... The greatest thing that you can do for us is to just do nothing. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, Frank Black's no quitter. So... No. <laughs> and uh, he winds up... And it's one of those things he kind of... That's where he kind of makes his peace with all of it. And it's all... It's all the guy also says, like, oh, he talks about him throwing the eggs at his house. And he says, it's oh, like, I, I, I threw dog crap at my house. Yeah, you know, I never, never cleaned it, it off. off. You know? And so Frank 
the next morning. Grabs a bucket and, and some soap and some water and, and goes over and, and starts goes over, starts cleaning all the, the stuff egg. off of it. And, and while he's cleaning the windows, sees the devil sitting in his living room yep. looking back at him. And he just looks at him and just keeps washing the windows and just goes through and washes everything off. And that's the end of the episode. So it's basically Frank stared down the devil is basically what it came down to. Yep. And and you know it's a it's a it's a cool episode. It's creepy. I love the fact that like. Except for when you hear like the screaming Jay Hawkins songs, or if there's like something like something like that, there's no music. there's really no music like there, there's there because there's there's not any jump scares, there's not any of that kind of stuff. But it's one of those things where it's just really setting the mood for you're, you're, all of like that Halloween night. You're always you know? talking about all these shows that are fast paced, and right. you're talking about shows dragging. Now, this show is a slow burn, but it's and, but it's and not. You're, and you're always yeah. complaining about you know shows dragging and mm-hmm. all that. And I'm always talking. You got to you got to have some space in there for it air. Depends. Now there's a and difference. Some some shows are a good slow burn, like Millennium is one of. This them. This okay. was a creeping burn. Yeah, but sometimes shows just drag. I mean, some some of them just drag. It's all just to it. Um, our last episode. <laughs> <laughs> is from also from season season two. This is a throwback to the third episode that we did of this show ever about the X Files. Yes, one of the episodes that we did then was Jose Chung's From Outer Space, which yes. is one of my favorite episodes of the X Files because it's all about this writer Jose Chung who who he, he was working on. He's working on a, a book about this this case of a, of a alien abduction. Yes, and it's one of those things where you see it from five different perspectives about what happened and nobody's telling one coherent story whatsoever, you know? And even at the end of that episode, you, have you don't no idea. Get a, you don't you get no true, idea what the truth is whatsoever. Yeah. Jose the truth Chung, is out there yeah, somewhere. Jose Chung came back in another episode of the X-Files, I think like the next year after that or, or somewhere, you know, it, yeah. in between that one and the one that we watched, which is Jose Chung's Doomsday Device. Defense. It, defense. Doomsday Defense is the name of it. It opens up with this brilliant... <clears throat> voiceover by the wonderful uh, Charles Nelson Riley who plays Jose Chung in all these episodes. Yes. And he's talking about this um what's the guy's name? Gupa um oh, oh, it was, uh, on on a Gupa or what on a Gupta. Something like that. Who who is this guy who 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 he's telling the story of him about how he's supposed he he wanted to be a, a neurologist and then come to find out he was too dumb to be a neurologist, so he decided to be a writer. No, he decided to be a biologist and realized he was too dumb yeah. to be a biologist. Well, that was he was a neurologist and, yeah. is what he wanted to do. And then he, so he he focused he he moved over into write write books and he was terrible at it. Yeah. And and but he was a colleague of Jose Chung's when they were they were younger. And so he Decided that he was gonna he, he was gonna give one more stab and he wrote these books like well some, I forget the name of the books now it's something like you know it's stop, like how to manipulate people by being nice to them by being friendly or and yeah one, and like his first one was something like uh, um stop being so down or stop being so negative or something it's like, yeah these really like just like generic you know whatever really dumb stupid self help books and then he wrote this book uh, that was called selfology yeah and started a religion yes and it became it started in seattle but then it they said it went worldwide and they showed on the map like all of them were in california like all the searches, all of the all of it was on the west on coast. the west coast yeah. on the very on the, it's like very very oh it's a total very send up of scientology let's <laughs> just call it it is it's, it's completely scientology and they're they're totally making fun of scientology <laughs> so it starts that 
so Jose Chung is writing this book about about people's beliefs and uh, going into the new millennium. Yeah. Uh, which was a big thing around the time of, of that this, you know, 97, 98, you know, oh, people yeah. were like really looking at this, hey, what's going to happen in the year 2000? What's going to, you know. People were writing books about there this. Was, people there were, were movies, making movies. There were movies. Strange movies. Days is one of them that yes. sticks out in Strange my Days mind. Virtuosity. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of, I've talked about this a couple of times before and I think we're going to have to pull the trigger on it at some point of, of covering a lot of the media that that happened in those years leading up to yeah uh, the year two thousand not even Y2K. about well some of it's that but a lot of it was just like Fight Club I mean yeah I mean literally like a hey we're we're sitting here at the end of this this one millennium get ready to go into another and nobody knows what's getting ready to happen and we're nihilist as everything <laughs> you know it's just like <laughs> yep there, there's a whole lot of that uh, the the Matrix you know there's all yeah. this different stuff anyway uh, but you know this he's writing this book about belief systems. Uh, in the new, in you know, going into the, the yeah. new millennium, and he's profiling because again, you know, Gupta was his colleague. It's not Gupta; it's Gupa. I think it's not Gupta. Gupta is that guy idiot that, on that, CNN that uh, Joe Rogan just, just chewed up. The wall, man, um, <laughs> <laughs> to his face. Um, but he, um, uh, so but, it's what it's, he's, he's Gupta he's, is like doing he's this whole basing it strictly on selfology, right? And how they're they're so, very much about oh you know whatever you think whatever you think you can do you can do right all you, you just have to have do, a positive attitude all you got to do is have a positive right. attitude and if you want to be happy all you got to do is thinking and I'm happy and right and and it's just it's just weird like so he's talking with this guy yeah. who left that was actually excommunicated from the group and they're not supposed to talk about how the inner workings out whatsoever so that he's, sounds familiar yeah so he's coming to them and telling going to tell Jose Chung about all this stuff and. The only thing that he has is that, you know, Gupa was God, you know, or it's yeah. like, you know, it's like, no, he's what? He's like, I knew him, you know, type stuff. The, and, the biggest secret about selfology is that Gupa is God. Right. And it's just like. And Jose Chung literally looks at him because that's a load of crap. I know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I knew the guy. Yeah. It's like, and so it's one of this whole thing. And of course, you know, then later on, this guy winds up. They find him dead. Dead. And so the Millennium Group is doing consulting on it, and then Jose Chung shows up, and there he's kind of the whole episode oh, is the interaction man, between so Frank Black funny. and it's so satirical. Jose Chung. And it's one of the whole thing where Jose Chung, you know, thinks that he can be a profiler because you know it's not not you know what Frank does is not that much different than being a writer and blah blah. blah. Of course, he's like way off. He's on on some things and he's way off on some others. Yeah. And like and so like. Um, Peter Watts shows up at one point and asks him who it is. He's like, "Yeah, he's writing." He's like, "Something we might want to look at, you know, with the sophology." And the guy's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! No, we're not, we're not touching that." He's like, "Why not? We've never backed away from anything, even, even in the, you know, in, evil in, incarnate, in, in incarnate." He's like, "Yeah, he but evil incarnate doesn't sue." Yeah. <laughs> and there is a whole thing where they go and they talk to the head of of of, or they talk to the law or one of the guys at the at the sophology yeah. uh, and basically he's like threatening to sue <laughs> he yeah. just like keeps we'll on that's all you. it is we'll, we'll sue, sue you, you. as oh, far as the law and within the law as we can you know so. and and here's books yeah. you know read up on exactly us. and it's just and the police chief starts buying into <laughs> kind of it. starts buying into because he starts yeah. reading the book and he's like keeps quoting from it and stuff and it's <laughs> don't be so dark uh but it, it has a nice swerve at the end where yes we find out who it was that kind of that killed the first guy kind you know whatever and so frank's chasing he's like he comes in to kill jose chung yeah and frank shows up and they and then he takes a shot but misses and he runs off well 
while Ch- Frank is chasing him, a second guy, a second guy comes in who actually fits the profile that Jose Chung gave for the killer for the yep. previous for the professor that and they had been looking at. Kills Jose, kills Chung, Jose Chung with the murder weapon yes. that Jose <laughs> Chung picked. And then, so Frank's chasing the first guy on the top, and he he gets to the top of the uh, goes to the edge of the the building, and Frank's like, "Don't do it, you can't make it." He goes, "Not with that, not attitude. With that attitude." And he jumps and falls and dies. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like. Wow. This so is. <laughs> the question is, does selfology really work? Because this guy had a positive attitude and died, but yet Jose Chung basically self-manifested right. his own killer. Well, what was so funny, the, 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 the great capper on the end of this, though, is that you know, Jose dies. And so at the end of the, of the episode, Frank's laying in bed reading his book. Yeah. And and he's he, you know he's waxing philosophic toward you at the end of it. And so in the last line of it, he goes so so what I've found you know he's like people ask me you know what 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 does the next thousand years hold for for us? He says the same old crap, <laughs> <laughs> just more of the same, same old, old crap. crap. Exactly. I'm like yeah, pretty much. That's yep. it. Yeah, that, Frank that's slams it. the book shut, <laughs> lays it the on the it. bedside table, and goes to sleep. <laughs> I, I, when we had talked about doing a, a, an episode about Millennium to begin with, you know, way yeah. back. I kept saying there's more to this Jose Chung story, you know, and, and there is another X-Files episode in there that it really doesn't do a whole lot. I mean, he's in it like for a couple of scenes, but it's not a, yeah. you know, he, he's not a, a main character like he is in these two. Um, and so, um, but this is a great capper of getting that. And, oh, and also uh, David Duchovny, is in this episode? Oh yeah, he, because he's, he's actually playing. Well, he's not. A, well, I take it back. He, pictures, not, pictures of David Duchovny. They're, they're in the. They're in the sophology. Um, the office. The being offices, threatened to be sued. And, and the guys like you. You know, actor and he, whatever his name and is. It was you know? a fake name, but yeah. it's David Duchovny. And he's got on this big the stupid grin on his face. Yeah. he's like, yeah. And he came here, and now you know, now he's making blockbusters, and he's dating supermodels, blah, and it goes over, and it's this real like stoic, like he's like almost like Mulder, you know, on the front on this other yeah. poster and everything. So it's really funny the way that they they did all of this, you know, very much a Scientology send up of. Oh yeah, I mean, just very much, and uh, but yeah. Something coming back around to something that uh, you said earlier about this being a spinoff of of the X Files. Because I remember Frank Black showing okay, up in some of the, the X Files. Here's the thing: episodes. one episode. Was it only one? Because it felt like it was more than that. Basically, what happened is you have a show called Millennium that's about the coming millennium. Yeah. The third season ended in May of 1999 and they were not picked up for a fourth season, which means that it ended before the millennium came about and, yeah. and ended on a, a cliffhanger, you know, of sure stuff. Yeah. So they decided that, Hey, let's bring this over to the X-Files, you know, since we're, we're moving towards the millennium Yeah. and there is an episode and it's actually that episode itself is actually on it, the the final disc of of this of the third season oh really um and uh because it, it is kind of the capper on the end of it yeah frank black frank and jordan black both appear in this they talk about the millennium group it has absolutely nothing to do with the show whatsoever okay i mean literally it's one of those things where like it was mainly bringing zombies, them over zombies come to life oh. and and but it has nothing to do with anything that we ever saw in 
you know, and it's just kind of this whole, you know. So basically, they're sitting they there used, and they watch. They watch the year flip over to you know two thousand. Mulder and Scully, and then Frank and Jordan are there, and Frank says something kind of cryptic about you know, hey, I'm I'm going to enjoy the, the new year or something like that, and walks off, and that's with with Jordan, and that's it, you know. And it's like it was kind of like, let's they, bring them over and show that right, they're still around and right. working. And so it was one of those things. I kind of wondered at the time if they might bring that character over. FBI, again, you know, yeah. consultant, you know, they obviously happen in the same world, you know, in the same universe and everything. And it just, it just did. And even in, in the uh, Millennium After the Millennium documentary, they talk about how it, it just didn't work because it was one of those things where it's like, hey, we have the X-Files that's a completely different thing. Yeah. And bringing this other thing over and trying to put them together, basically just wedge it in there since it, were, it just yeah, didn't work. You know? Because they and, were headed in two different Yeah, and it was different writers, and it was yeah. different everything, and the, the writers that were working over there hadn't worked on the Millennium stuff. And, right. And so it's kind of one of those things where I think they could, they could definitely do some kind of revival or movies, like you know, it was mentioned before, something like that, where it's these one-off, like these stories of Frank Black profiling and yeah. all that kind of stuff. I remember like... In, uh, I remember seeing uh, Lance Hendrickson at Dragon Con. I yeah. think it was in 2009, I think it was, he was doing it. And that's when he actually announced that he had been talking to Chris Carter about a Millennium movie, you know. Sure. And then about two months later or something, it was kind of, I think, Variety, like had a little thing about it or whatever. And, of course, it never happened. But he was just talking about the show in general. And I remember him and that talking about how when he was working on the show, he's a very method actor. And he said that for those three years of working on that show, every once in his every once in a while, his wife would be like, "Hey, hey, hey Frank, can I have Lance back for a little bit?" You know, just because he got so into the the yeah. character and stuff. And he, I mean, to this day, Lance Hendrickson, like I follow him like on Facebook, like his face, his official page and stuff, and he's constantly putting stuff up about Millennium, like he has been for years, you know. Yeah. And it's one of those things that you can tell it is a it is. Frank Black is a character that he loves. Out of all the oh, stuff yeah. that he has played, this he's is a character a lot. that he loves. You yeah. know, you know, he was in the, he was in Aliens, and you know, and, and I mean, just, yeah. he's been in all kinds of stuff. You know, he was in Near Dark, and you can go down the line of stuff that Lance Henderson, Pumpkinhead. You know, um, yeah, I forgot about yeah. Pumpkinhead. That's... And um, <laughs> I think I told the story before. You tell it again because it's just, a good story. <laughs> I was just went... clean it up a little bit. Well, okay. yeah. yeah. Well, but I mean, we we did the family friendly version of it, but the yeah. the, the God, what's the guy's name? I'm gonna have to pull his name up before, so I can get the, the correct name. Get the right, get the name right. You know, I I've mentioned on here before that I you used to, to do a podcast no, before this one. Well, I did a podcast before, but I also um, I co-hosted a television show that was on Xbox Live, uh, and it was called Contract. And we used to, um, you know, we would go around to conventions and we would interview people and just kind of you know goof off on camera and you know all that kind of stuff. One of the guys that I talked to um, that I interviewed was Tom Woodruff Jr., who played Pumpkinhead. Yes. And he, now, he was also on the X-Files. Uh, he was, he's been in a bunch of stuff. He's in a lot of... He's a he's an actor, but he's also a stuntman. He does a lot of, like, creatures and stuff. Like, he's a really tall dude, you know? And and uh, so we're sitting there, and we're talking, and, and, you know, I'm asking about different stuff. And so the question... So I was like, okay, I have one last question. It's like, I have to know what it's like working with Lance freaking Hendrickson. 
<laughs> Except you used the no, vulgar No, I didn't. Oh, I said freaking. Because okay. it was a family show. And he started laughing. He goes, first off, I want to say how much it warms my heart that Lance's middle name is freaking. <laughs> and he proceeded to gush about Lance Hendrickson for like the next five minutes. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah and then it's funny because like I, and I was just telling the story to somebody else that same year that I went to Dragon Con uh, my buddy uh, my buddy Toad was down there yeah. also and I left like I I, you know I, I was only there for like one day or, or you know something like that I had to come back the next day anyways this was on. This was in the MySpace days okay and so like I, I'm just gonna say I miss MySpace I, so, I like after after it was over and everything, I'm like looking through and like I and like a photo came through of uh, from Toad's page and it's him and Lance Hendrickson. Oh, you missed him by a and day. And I'm like, what? So like I got in touch with him, you know, like like later, like I ran, you know, we were out or something. I was like, dude, you had to. Where'd you meet Lance Hendrickson? You know, he's like, dude, he's like, he's like, it was that Saturday night, or I maybe it was that Friday night. I don't know. But he was like, I was like, I was down in the lobby hanging out. And I looked over and I saw I was, he was hanging out with him. Whatever was, he looked over. He goes, "Dude, that looks like Bishop from from Aliens," and uh, he and and the people they were there with was like, "No, dude, that's Lance Hendrickson." So he walked over there and said that Lance Hendrickson was like talking to somebody else, like they were having a conversation. And Toad walked over and kind of stood there, you know, for a second. He said that Lance Hendrickson turned around and looked at him and smiled and reached over and put his hand on his shoulder. And was still having this conversation with, and like he said, he stood there for a good five minutes while he's having this conversation. And Lance yeah. Henderson's got like his hand on his shoulder, like holding on to him. And as soon as he was done, he turned around and was like, hey, how are you? I just like started talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was like, that, that is a cool dog. story, man. That's a <laughs> lucky dog. So, uh. Uh, yeah, Lance Hendrickson. I love Lance Hendrickson. I'm, I, I really do. And absolutely, I, and he is, again, it's one of those things when he shows up in something. Even if he shows up in a bad movie or a bad show, oh, we're watching he's it. Always good. Oh yeah. I mean, come on, Man's Best Friend's a terrible movie, but he's amazing <laughs> in that movie. <laughs> we all know it. Okay. It's <laughs> hey, so if you're listening, if you wouldn't mind dropping by and doing the podcast, oh, we would love that. I am so like when this drops because this is going to actually like I said, this is going to actually drop on yeah. the 25th anniversary. I am linking this to his Facebook page if I can. <laughs> I am trying everything I can to get this over there. Like, hey man, we talked about you a lot. So it's like <laughs> So Mr. Freaking Henderson. Mr. Freaking Henriksen. That's yeah, right. Getting, so, yeah. But yeah, uh, unfortunately, Millennium is not available to stream anywhere. That is a, an absolute crying it shame. It is, and it's been, it at one point, I think it was on Netflix, but this was like over a decade ago. Yeah. And then it disappeared, and it has just never come back anywhere. I, I know it used to play on, um, um, what was Shudder before? Um, you remember it was something else, and then it became Shudder. You yeah. know, it's like, uh, and so it's one of those things that, like, I remember catching a couple episodes there. Really, the only way to get it now is to either through illegal means or to buy the DVD set. And, and even that, you're going to have to try to have buy to, it from you a can't, used place. Yeah, you can't like go into like Best Buy and, and and purchase it. You have to buy it like off of eBay or in a, a used media hey, store. You need or to something link like that. this to Chris Carter's page also dude, because, dude, you. we need movies or we need a reboot of this something. show. I mean, this with, is with the daughter. I'm I'm really interested to see what's going to happen. With the 25th anniversary, like if yeah, there, there's going to have to be articles written, you know, different people about oh, hey, what be. happened to this show? Why isn't this come back? And blah blah blah. You know, again, it's one of those things that like they had good ish ratings, 
yeah. for because it's one of those things that you know the X Files, like I said, started on a Friday night and kind of made that time slot. And Fox tried for years afterwards to launch another show in that time slot, but by that point, no, Friday nights were had become a dead like you know. And so it was kind of unfortunate, you know, that this that this wound up in that dead zone for two so, really good seasons and one that was hit or miss. You know, so it's um, Chris Carter. You need to reboot the show, yes. and you need to have it as. Taylor Black, Jordan Black, Jordan Black. Sorry, <laughs> I've only Jordan seen Black. I've only know, seen three see episodes. Jordan Black is an adult working for the yeah. FBI, and she's following in her father's footsteps. Yes, maybe, maybe. Here, here's my pitch. Maybe she's working for the FBI now, but what secretly what she's doing is she's kind of doing an X Files where she's using her influence in the FBI to find out more about the Millennium Group and oh. what their machinations are. And Frank is like working with her behind the scenes you know like that's he's disappeared twist. like let's say frank's disappeared and everybody thinks he's dead or something Gone like off that grid. or people think he's dead like he faked his own death sure or something. but he's really alive and he's working with jordan to find the millennium group so they can find out why her why her mom died oh you know just as a there a, you go there's your pitch right there we hey, just chris, laid it all out for chris, you chris there you go <laughs> We want we want residuals <laughs> if right. you do it. <laughs> That's a good storyline. Yeah, there you go. So it writes itself. I mean, it's all there, you know. Oh, yeah. So, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so anyways, guys, thank you so much for joining us and letting us indulge. And really, this is me indulging more than anything because I am such a fan of, of this show. No, no. And I I'm going to have to let you borrow yeah, the no, sets I totally to take home. That. I know it's three seasons, Hopefully we still. can build a new fan base for this TV show. so good. I'm telling you. Uh, I don't know if there's any, there might be some episodes on YouTube or something. If there is, I will link them. You know, it's like, Hey, go check them out here. Um, but definitely if you get a chance to watch this show, I mean, it, it can be, it can be a a bit much sometimes because they, some of the episodes are very dark. dark. Unfortunately, some of the episodes, there's, there's an episode in season three. Yeah. That is kiss is in it okay so kiss is in it way too much the entire band well like all four members of the band this is all the original members of the band because it, they were out on tour at the time when they were doing their reunion you know yeah, yeah and so they appear as kiss but they also appear individually as characters in the show like not as like Paul Stanley or Gene Simmons, all, like they're like, yeah, they're all trying to all be. I, all I gotta say is Phantom of the Opera. It's bad, man. It's uh, bad. It, anything that <laughs> it's I, so I, bad, and the episode itself is bad. I mean, I it's love just a, Kiss because Kiss is bad. Yeah, if that makes any this was sense in, whatsoever. This was in the um, Psycho Circus era. Oh, I, I oh yeah, no. and like they actually performed that song on the show, oh, no. you know, yeah, and it's yeah, you know exa- exactly. Well, so. I, I'm also saying oh no because I bought that album. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's that type of stuff. So it's uh, uh but, I think I even played some of the songs in the radio station. Yeah, at the you know, college. again, it's one of those things. Unfortunately, you know, this happened, but it was one of those things also where they're like, all right, sure, if Fox wants to do this, then we'll do it. You know, just keep the show on the air. You know, type stuff, uh, but. There's just there are some brilliant episodes in here, um, and I, I yeah I, I know I'm, I'm just gushing at this point, but uh, yeah go, go check it out go ahead when it's I'm, all right. uh, and like I said there's also a a, a, um, a documentary that came out to, in 2019 called Millennium After the Millennium where they talk like I said they talk to everybody the only the only 
real person that they don't talk to that was major in this was Terry O'Quinn for whatever. I, he may not have been able to do it or whatever. Who knows? Probably in the middle of doing Lost something. or something. Well, no, this was well after Lost. That was um, um, Yeah, Lost has been off the air like 11 years. Thank goodness. So, all right. <laughs> <laughs> you and me are going to have a fight about this one again. Hey, uh, <laughs> you, you, you trash the Godfather. I trash Lost. It all comes out in the wash. Didn't trash Godfather. I just said I didn't like it. Uh, <laughs> there's a difference. <laughs> just not for me. I like the stuff it inspired. I just don't particularly like that movie or the second one for that matter. So yeah, okay. A, uh, but yeah, anyways, Millennium, it's great. Uh, if you can, check out Millennium After Millennium. Again, I think it's only available to buy on iTunes and, and Amazon or something like that. I think, what did you say, it was available to rent on Amazon Prime or something like that? Because I think we kind of yeah, looked at so, it. Yeah, it was, uh, it was available for not rent not readily Prime. available, unfortunately. Yeah. And it was like a 4 or $5 yeah, rental, and I was like, like eh, I wound up buying it just because I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll go back and rewatch it again. I know I will. So. Technically borrowing Amazon Prime, well, so yeah, I, yeah, couldn't, so could, I couldn't <laughs> do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, check out anything Millennium's. Check out anything with Lance Hendrickson. Yes. I'm telling you, it, it's it's going to be good. He's going to be good. We should have done an episode on Pumpkinhead. You know, you know what need... movie he was in that you probably forget that he was in? What's that? He was in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. No, I totally remember that. He was only in it just, he had a small part. Small part. It's a real small part. And, uh, uh, but yeah, he's been in all kinds of stuff over the years. So anyways, guys, thank you so much for uh, joining us. I am Alan Smith. I'm the other guy, Big Dave. And we will see you next time. See ya. What's the word I'm looking for? I'm, I'm sorry. I Consultant? Hold on. Do I need to do a little tap dancing over here? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to edit this. <laughs> um, hold on. Here we go. I'll just go to the Wikipedia. How about that? There you go. Um, hold on. Here's the quick facts. Let's see what it says here. <laughs> Hold on. <clears throat> I'm getting ready to start singing Putting on the Ritz with the rendition from Young well, Frankenstein. I know it's a. I can't believe that this is not. <laughs> I, I'm, I have found everything here except for what the name of the group is. Um, and definitely doing some some editing all right. and all this. Yeah, uh, now I'm because now I'm gonna search. This is uh, Millennium Group. You know what? I'm gonna look. At, I'm just gonna look at the Millennium Group. How about that? Fictional history. Production. Inspiration for the Millennium Group was a real life for. Okay, here we go.